Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ Amen You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name. He has power over life and death. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. Heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father will you bow, will you surrender to his majesty. He can save you from the might of all your sin. The fight in which he stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath 
choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm. Amen. He is the only shelter from the coming storm. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. The word says in Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 12, Just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. And in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. We have to talk about sin. None of us like to. But sin is what brought the destruction upon this earth. Sin is what opened the way for murder, impurity, ugliness. So the question is, what are we going to do with sin? Now, we don't like the fact that Romans 5 is connected to Romans 6. But you know that the Apostle Paul did not put in any chapter headings. It's all flowing. In fact, most of it is not even having any punctuation. We have resisted the Holy Spirit. I titled this broadcast, Stop Resisting the Holy Spirit, because it has allowed us to push the Holy Spirit aside marginalize him, and make up our own methods for salvation. They will all fail. Well, let me go back. I want to share a dream I had. I'm not a prophet, but I am a watchman on the wall. And God does talk with me. And he gives me, not prophecies, but he gives me very specific instruction on what I'm to preach, how I'm to teach, what the issues are. In my dream, I was in a caravan of cars, maybe three or four, and these were members of the church. And we were trying to leave the wicked city. We were trying to escape. As we drove toward the edge of town, we came to a a precipice. Suddenly, the road abruptly ended 
and far down below we could see the road continuing out of town. I stood and looked at that, and I was stunned. Is there no way, is there no way to get out of this wicked city? What are we going to do? This is impossible. How do we, how do we take the action necessary? And what action is necessary to get us out of this situation? I knew we were not prospering in the city. I knew we were at a dead end. Thus, I was trying to leave. But how was I to leave? And I stood looking at that precipice, crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, how do we get down? How do we leave this wicked city? Suddenly, the whole scene shifted before me. And I was at the edge of a parking lot, very large. And ahead of me, I could see the Cathedral of God. It was made of a white, sparkling, shiny kind of brick. It was magnificent, and it was huge. As I looked at the parking lot, I saw something strange. The cars lined up in rows with a a driveway in between. And the Holy Spirit told me, walk this direction and just look at the parking areas. So I started to do that. The first parking area, the first lane toward the cathedral, was named with a sign, Romans, the first chapter. Then came Romans, the second, third, fourth, fifth. And finally, I came to Romans, the sixth chapter, in that great parking lot of the Cathedral of God. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Walk toward the cathedral on Romans 6. So I began, curiously, walking toward the cathedral on Romans 6. Up ahead, As I approached the cathedral, I saw a large manhole cover, and as I approached, it grew larger and larger. Thought that strange. I came to the edge, and I looked down into that interior, and there were beautifully cut stone stairs that went down into water that was crystal clear with beautiful underwater lights and lights up in the ceiling above it. It was a stunning place. I looked at that. I said, this is obviously a baptismal tank, a place where people can be baptized and cleansed. I looked up toward the cathedral, and there I saw two men dressed as ushers bringing to me a beautiful young woman. She was dressed in beautiful gold. Everything on her was gold. She brought 
those two men brought her to me. And then on the far side of the of the baptismal pool, she stopped. I said, come. I motioned with my hand, come, come. Turned her face aside. She didn't want to come. I encouraged her again, come, come. She turned aside again. She didn't want to come. She did not want to be baptized in her beautiful gold dress and all else that made her look so beautiful. She did not want to go into the baptismal tank. I looked up, and the two ushers were gone. And the beautiful young woman, dressed in gold, was gone. I said, Lord, what is all this? He said to me, in the dream I could actually hear him speak. He said, preach Romans 6. Well, I immediately, when I awakened, grabbed my Bible and read Romans, the sixth chapter. I understand now much more clearly why I was instructed to focus my attention in preaching on Romans, the sixth chapter. This young woman, I believe to be the modern church in America. And I don't believe there is any way for the modern church in America to escape the city. It's all blocked off. The only way that you can escape the city is by walking down Romans 6 and following its direction. Now let me come back, because Romans 5 is the introduction to all of this. Death came to all men, because all sinned. So please consider, Romans 6 is going to tell us how to escape the sin. He said, chapter 5, verse 15, The gift is not like the trespass. For if many died by the trespass of the one man, that is, you understand, when Adam and Eve entered into rebellion against God, millions of people would die. Billions of people would die. It was a sentence of death. If many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. 
judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought acquittal or justification. For by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Now, here's what gets real tricky. The devil is so clever and so... He doesn't want you to escape death. And if you read this passage in the fifth chapter of Romans, and you say, oh, 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 God has given us abundant provision of grace, and that grace now covers our sin, and we are declared righteous, so we are good to go. No. Now, why do I say no so clearly? Because you're going to see when we get into chapter 6, that God gives a very clear instruction that we must obey if we are going to escape the wicked city. He has given us a provision of grace, unmerited favor, and the gift of righteousness. So God gives to us the gift of righteousness. And some of you have been taught as I was, that that gift of righteousness is a free gift. And it is. But you were also taught that it is not real righteousness. It's declared righteousness. It's make-believe righteousness. He goes on. Through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Even the NIV has it correct. Made righteous, not declared righteous. You can't just slap a label on a donkey and call it a man. It's still a donkey. Oh, but I've been declared a man. That's fantasy world. It's not real. But you want to resist the Holy Spirit and accept the, the lies of John Calvin and others. And by the way, when I was struggling so mightily with this, I actually took the time to read the volumes of John Calvin's Institutes. And I have to tell you, as I struggled to understand these issues, they never made sense to me. It seemed to me that they were filled with lies, false truths, because I could not find in the Scripture, I could find in John Calvin, I do have to grant to John Calvin one thing. He's very clear that justification and sanctification cannot be separated. Well, he's right. But he was wrong. 
the law was added, verse 20, so that the trespasses might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. And you say, oh, see, Pastor, grace increases. As I sin, grace increases. So, yeah, you know, fornicate, pornography, I know it's not right. Wine and, and makes me happy. I know it's not right, but hey, I've got, I've got the right to be happy, don't I? So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I want you to see that last sentence. Grace might increase through righteousness, not through a declaration, but by righteousness. What is righteousness? Innocence. Innocence. Why do we resist the Holy Spirit? Because he calls us to repent and to leave our sin. You know, right now, there's so much deception flowing through the Christian church. A young man visited us right after our service on Sunday. As I began to ask him questions, it was very clear that he was high on the glory, but low on Jesus. I listened to a a well-known preacher. And he was preaching in his message that what we're going for is the glory of God. We want the experience of the presence of the Holy Spirit to bring us into the glory of God. No, I don't. I'm going to leave the glory of God with Jesus. I'm not going to touch it. You see, if you go for the glory, you're going to be addicted to experience, to emotions, and you're going to be low on Jesus Christ. I kept saying to him, I don't want the glory. I want Jesus. He didn't like my answer. We either tend to get high on the Holy Spirit and low on the church. Or we get high on the glory, but low on Jesus. One of these preachers, I listened to him all the way through his sermon. Not one time in that sermon did he mention the name of Jesus Christ. But countless times he talked about the glory and how we're all now entering into the glory of God. Don't be deceived. Don't be taken down a path that's a pathway to death. So we come to chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? That's what they're saying. 
by no means or absolutely no. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So how is the sin problem to be taken care of? Not by affirmations. Not by resolutions. The sin problem is not to be taken care of by getting the glory of God, having some wonderful experience of the Holy Spirit. That's not what that's not what it says. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? So that the glory may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? In other words, in the very beginning, Adam and Eve sinned against God. And immediately, the whole human race is slammed into death for eternity. Now, there has to be a way because our Savior loves us, to give us a means of escape. Well, the means of escape provided was the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary's tree. And the only way you can find a way to escape that wicked city is this Romans 6 road. It means you too, like Jesus, must die to the devil's tricks and the devil's way, the devil's theology. There is no such thing as the sinning Christian. If you're a sinning Christian, you have fallen for the worst of the lies of the devil. And in the end... He will claim you as his own. Because the reward for sin for Adam and Eve was death. And the reward for you, for your sin, the reward for me, for my sin, is death. Now it can be death for eternity and hell-bound. Or it can be death to the sin and be heaven-bound. And you must choose. The lies are so attractive, so convincing, eloquent men of speech and manner declare, you can be saved from your sin by just... Accepting Jesus. Wrong. You cannot be saved by accepting Jesus. You see, it's not who accepts Jesus that marks us as saved from sin. It's the man or the woman that Jesus accepts. It's not who you accept that matters. It's who Jesus accepts. 
And if Jesus does not accept you because you refused the Romans 6 pathway, you cannot be saved. I'm a good pastor. I'm a good person, pastor. I'm doing everything right that I know to do. Ah, did you resist the Holy Spirit? Did you resist the Holy Spirit? Did you say, I've I've been taught this way, and I'm going to stay this way? Okay. Intelligent people will go to the Word of God and will search it, and they'll see what the Word of God actually teaches, not what the pastor teaches. Many of many a person will find themselves in hell because they believed what mama and daddy, grandma and grandpa, and pastor all taught them. I know how hard it is to change. I've had to walk through that change many times, struggling to understand, searching the scriptures, reading it, reading it, reading it. I've not had time in my life to pursue the successful American life. I've not had the time to read all the books I'd like to read. There's so much knowledge I'd like to gain. But I want to be certain that I have eternity to gain that knowledge. Right now, the much more important question. Have I taken the Romans 6 path? And if I haven't, there is no other road into the kingdom of Jesus Christ other than the Romans 6 road. First time I read it, I said, what is that all about? I don't understand it. Second time I read it, I don't believe this. This is not what I was taught. I have to find a new interpretation for these things. And believe me, there were plenty of people ready to give me all of the new explanations. But my soul was still left hungry. And I kept searching. Notice. Don't you know, verse 3, that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Uh Uh-oh, there's something very key. I listened to a woman talk about when her husband became a Christian. But nothing changed in his life. Except he went to church now. He was baptized. He took the communion. He gave offerings and tithes. But he was still the same old, same old man. A good man. But a control freak. And she said, I was very troubled because I could see that there was no change in his life. He was just the same. 
Had he been converted? No. He just put on a new coat. But bottom line, he was the same man. And with joy, she related the story of how God brought that man to his senses and totally transformed him. And then he became a new man. Well, there's only one way you can be made into a new man. You have to have a new life. You have to die. See, there's no way to life without going through death. Listen, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we certainly also will be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. When it says the body of sin might be done away with, NIV says rendered powerless. I like the Greek much better. The Greek says destroyed, annihilated. I want you to get the picture here. The only way out of the city is to walk that Romans 6 road and totally give up your life. Give up your entertainment. Give up your your dreams. Your bucket list. Your ambitions. Your love of money. You give up everything. You die. The Lord has been disciplining me severely. But not so bad. I'm in the fifth week of not being able to walk or use my right leg because I fell down the stairs. So you know how I've been spending my time. I can't drive. I can't go. I, I'm i at home. Sometimes, like yesterday, I had a huge nosebleed and couldn't do the broadcast. Woke up this morning, and the same thing happened. The nosebleed came back, and I said, Oh, no, 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 Satan. You're not going to keep me from doing the broadcast, even if it starts to happen during the broadcast. I am going to tell the people how to defeat you. And I drove him off with the word of Scripture. But I'll tell you, during this time, I've spent a lot of time just in silence, reading the Scriptures and praying, and the Lord being very clear with me, about some areas where I have been resisting the Holy Spirit. Some I was not even conscious that I was resisting the Holy Spirit. Pockets of bitterness from long past high school experiences. 
events that have transpired in my life for which I've not adequately uncovered that before the Holy Spirit. And when he tried to bring it to me, I resisted him. Oh, that's taken care of. I'm good to go. No, I wasn't. Pardon me. I need to move just a moment in my chair. Try to find a more comfortable place. So I've been going back, as some of you have, over your life and asking the Holy Spirit, are all of these things taken care of? Have you forgiven me? And where I'm not sure that I've been forgiven, I've spent a good deal of time crying out before the Lord and saying, is that still a part of my soul? Bitterness, anger, judgment, pride. We've all resisted the Holy Spirit. The resisting of the Holy Spirit has to stop if we're going to enter into salvation. He's told some of you, cut off that entertainment. Oh, there can't be anything wrong with that entertainment, Pastor. Come on. You want to walk in the way of the world? You want to walk in the way of the entertainment of our age? You want to watch those games? You want to participate in that bandow? Gambling with football? You want to have your beer? Have you given up Bud Light? You think you can walk like an American and enter the kingdom of Jesus? No, death is required to leave behind the way of darkness. The American church cannot escape. Hear me. The American church cannot escape the wickedness of this world till they walk the Romans 6 road and are given a whole new character. But if you want to keep your wife or your husband happy, you want to keep everybody around you pleased with you, you don't want any persecution, you don't want any backbiting, you resist the Holy Spirit. And you will not enter the kingdom of God. He says, if we have been united with him, that is Jesus, in his death, we certainly also will be united with him in the resurrection. For we know that the old self was crucified with him. The old self. We're not talking here about, how should I put it? We're not talking here about just ugly sins like pornography or sodomy. or I mean, there's some sins that are just everybody knows they're wrong. 
but we resist the Holy Spirit perhaps, and maybe you've continued to engage in that pornography or engage in that illicit sex. Or you've continued to walk in judgments against other people. You've continued to walk in bitterness and cut people off. You can do that. But then if you deal with those sins, then you get into an area where it's no longer an active sin. It's a, it's a trait of your character. It's who you are by the way you operate. Selfishness. Being self-concerned. I watched a young woman, a beautiful young woman, who is struggling with this issue of the Christian faith. She came to church wearing bright red lipstick, shorts, short shorts, short top. And she stood in front of the mirror and played with her hair. Exceedingly vain. Are you vain? Are you always looking at yourself in the mirror, saying, what a handsome guy that is? Or what a beautiful woman you are? Are you vain? If you're going to go with Jesus, you're going to have to die to your vanity. Do you go work out and build muscle so that the women women will look at you and say, Hey, there's a hunk. Or do you do it for your health in order to praise Jesus and accomplish the work of the kingdom of God? It's all about motives. What is it you're really wanting to do with your life? Goes on. Anyone who has died has been freed, past tense, has been freed from sin. If you're still walking in sin, You're not dead yet. And you're not filled yet with the Holy Spirit. Oh, there are spirits that are happy to come and fill you. The happy spirit. I'm not interested in the happy spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. I don't want a happy spirit that advances my standing among men and makes me someone to be considered. I don't want that. I want the Holy Spirit that takes me and others totally into the death of Jesus Christ. It's not a pleasant experience. It's agonizing. I want to walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ. I don't want to play games with Jesus. I don't want to pretend. 
I recently spoke with someone. As soon as I left them, the Holy Spirit was right there rebuking me, saying, did you really mean what you said? You were phony. You were not speaking the truth to them. You were complimenting them to get them out of your hair. Why didn't you just speak the truth to them? Well, because it's hard to speak the truth to someone when you know it's going to cause a a bitter controversy. Ah, so you lied to protect yourself. Did you protect Jesus? No. No, you didn't protect Jesus. You protected you. It knocked me down to the ground. I said, oh, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me. See, Romans, the fifth chapter, is very clear. That when Adam and Eve entered this world and sinned against God, rebelled, they were slammed into death. It's equally clear that when Jesus came, he opened a way before us whereby we could escape the city I spoke of at the beginning. It's very clear that Jesus provided that avenue, that road, and that road is Romans 6. The only way to escape death is to die. Jesus said the man who wants to save his life will lose it. The man who loses his life for my sake will gain his life. Sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? How do you lose your life in order to gain it? How do you How do you lose your life by trying to succeed? Romans 6 outlines for us the journey. Now, we've got to come at this Romans 6 with an attitude that says, Oh God, Make me honest, for I will not resist the Holy Spirit. I will stop resisting the Holy Spirit. As soon as he brings something to my attention, I want it cut off. And it's cut off by the power of the blood of Jesus. Jesus cuts off the old self. Question is, are you willing? Do you want innocence? Do you want righteousness? Do you want eternal life? 
then forget what they're trying to sell you as a bill of goods, that you're good to go just because you said a little sinner's prayer. No, you're not. You've got to die. That's the bitter truth. The scripture teaches this all the way through the New Testament. You must die to sin, to yourself. You must give it up. And you must stop resisting the work of the Holy Spirit. I know some of you want the happy spirit. Some of you want the glory spirit. I don't. I want the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Mighty God. I come crying out to you today. You have seen the utter deception in my life as I have tried to find an easy road out of that city. But I could find none. Finally, you carried me to your precious cathedral and said, Here, lead your people down Romans 6. Invite them to be baptized, to die. But Lord, the church doesn't want to die today. It wants to build bigger buildings. It wants to have more fame. It wants more money. It's a business. It's an entertainment center. Lord, your people are on a desperately, desperately wicked road. I pray you will break the church of America out of this wicked place. And you would bring the American church to the Romans road, the Romans 6 road. Oh, Lord. I see that the American church has no way of escape and no hope if they don't stop resisting the Holy Spirit and begin to walk in the way you've outlined for all of us. Lord, I'm not any special person to have discovered Romans 6. Lord, we all know about Romans 6. Lord, we want to resist the Holy Spirit. I'm asking now, mighty God of heaven, would you break that from my heart? Would you break it from the American church? Would you cause us to look finally honestly, at the only path out of the wicked city of Babylon and set our feet on the right path. Lord, take away our our judgments and our self-assurance and our pride. Lord, we don't want it. Give us humble hearts, Lord, that seek after you. Lord, people today are so quick to rebuke, but so slow to humble their hearts. 
Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, we're out of time for broadcast today. You're welcome to write to me. We're a long ways from where we need to be yet, financially. If the Holy Spirit is prompting you, write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Tom, you and your wife, I just have the envelope in front of me now with your gift. Thank you. And then uh, I'm at home. The church is here. So write to me, Ray Greenley, 5009 Softwood Lane. Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. If you write there, it'll come directly to the house, and my wife goes out to the locked mailbox and retrieves it, and it's deposited in the church account. My brother, my sister, I love you. God is raising me up in healing. Talk to you soon.